0: Christians are supposed to be Christ-like, just as the name implied from when it was originally used in the first century right up to our own postmodern world today. It's as simple as WWJD, right? Wrong. Join our show host teacher, servant leader, and fellow traveler as we journey together in learning how lives daily renewed by God's grace and power can embrace Christian living that counts and makes a difference in a broken world. Greetings for Author Talk. This is J. Douglas Barker. Our book today is titled Rainbow Tears of Joy, Remembering the Good Times When We Lose the Ones We Love. And joining me from Alabama is the author, a young author, and her name is Savannah Lynn Williams. Welcome Savannah. Thank you. Well, this is uh, fascinating. You are a young lady, uh, not gone to college yet, and I'm assuming maybe are you in high school or, or, or junior high, or when did you begin writing this book? What? How old were you?
1: I was I was 10.
0: 10 when you began writing the book. The the book itself is uh, colorful. It has a lot of uh, beautiful pages in it and a wonderful story. Tell me and my listeners, why did you decide that you wanted to write this book? What was the, the the motivation behind it?
1: I started writing about my feelings and how I was dealing with my papa's sudden death. I was also I was sad about how how my grandpa died, and, but I also had min, happy memories about my grandpa that I could talk about with my bibi meaning grandmother in Swahili.
0: Your, your gra- your gra- so you, uh, your grandfather was a very important person in your life. Did you live with your grandfather and grandmother at the time, or were they uh, living in a different state?
1: I lived with them at the time.
0: Well, fabulous. You you, ha- you are, as uh, we have discussed, you're 10 years of age. The book was written when you're 10 years of age. Uh, this is a book of about, what, 30 pages or so. How did you, uh, 38 pages. In writing this, uh, you were recounting a, a time in your life where grief uh, hit you as a young person, uh, which hits a lot of uh, individuals, uh, regardless of their age. It's difficult to lose someone we love. Your grandfather, your papa, was he? Um, was he a unique guy? I mean, I, I, I read from your story that he was a music or musician or loved music.
1: Yes, he is a very special person to me, and if you met him, you would probably think so too.
0: He sounds wonderful in in reading about his story. Why is it that he had such an impact on you? Besides the fact that you were living with your 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 grandparents, uh, why was there what was there about his character, his personality that really stood out when someone would meet him and say, "Boy, that's a that's a neat guy."
1: He was uh, the per- the type of person that would talk to everybody, even though they were strangers. He would greet them very nicely and just bring out his. Affection and love for everyone.
0: He loved music. He loved jazz music. He loved gospel music. I, I'm hearing that that was a very important part of your life and his as well.
1: Yes, sir. I would sing um, special songs with him like John Legend Stay With Me. Uh-huh. And when I would listen to those songs today, I would... Just sing the song like he would sing it, and, and it brings back really great mer- memories
0: yes, I, I remember you know my my father, who was uh, an older gentleman when he died, in fact, he was in his eighties your 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 grandfather was not that old uh, I guess by comparison, was he?
1: Uh, no sir, he was not
0: and his his uh, sudden death. Uh, was uh, very impactful on your on your family. In the book that you have uh, crafted, in fact, it's a, it's a narrative. It talks about all of the aspects of your I- inner reaction with your grandparents and and how important they are to you and were to you. Um, how, how long did it take you to to share your story?
1: I would say about. I start. I probably started in close to November, of. 2016? hmm Probably about half of a year.
0: Half of a year. Was there a lot of edits and going back and thinking, well, maybe I should have added this, or this story might be interesting to the reader? Or what, uh, what was the process? How did you go about doing that? I... Did you write uh, an outline of uh, what you were going to say, or did it just come from your emotions and you shared it on paper?
1: I, I started, like I said... I started writing about my feelings and my grandma asked me if I wanted to express it I expressed my feelings with others and I turned it into a book.
0: Well, it's it's an amazing accomplishment. Have you always had a an interest in writing? Has this been something that's been uh, a curiosity of yours uh, or was it just that this particular event was so important to you you had to share it?
1: This this is this was a really really important event in my life that I, re- I had to share with everybody, especially w- with my family.
0: And as you completed it, was there uh, someone that you thought, you know, if this friend of mine or this person that lives in North Carolina or, or South Carolina or New York State reads this book, this may help them. Is there, Was there that thought in your mind as well?
1: Yes, there was. I that was, uh, like, a really big thought. I really wanted to go across the whole world and people just just feeling how I felt if they lose a loved one. Because we all have to go through grief any, or every point of our lives, Because even if we're a child or an adult.
0: So very true. Your title is Rainbow Tears of Joy, so that just in itself has a uh, a kind of a positive message that uh, may get people's attention. Did that title, is that something that you came up with, or did you get some help with that?
1: I, I came up with that because we always feel good when we look at the rainbow because it's a promise from God that He will never do anything to us to destroy us, and He can always know that He loves us and he is right here with us, and we can remember the good times. Whenever we lose a loved one, we turn those uh, sad tears into tear, rainbow tears of joy.
0: Right. Your book talks about your grandfather's favorite gospel songs. Uh, those were also a very major part of your growing um, Well, you're growing up. You're still growing up, but still were a very major part of your family environment, correct? Correct. And what was his favorite song in gospel music?
1: I, he had, I really honestly have no clue because he would, he would listen to a lot of gospel songs and I wouldn't say that he had a favorite because God's, God's song is everything, so... I would say he had a favorite one
0: he he uh, definitely was not afraid to sing out and you mentioned in your book that you thought he had a pretty neat voice uh, was is that something that other people felt as well?
1: Uh, yes sir he had a wonderful voice a voice of an angel
0: wow you you spent a lot of time uh, sharing the story of uh, your family relationship. the artwork is certainly uh, instructive as well. did it take a long time to get the the artwork? Uh, to the place that you wanted it to be uh, when you shared your story? Because it's not a it's not a downer book. It's not disappointing. It's not sad. Although there is a sad story involved, you really have uh, come up with a positive look and a positive story. How, how long did it take to get the artwork to match the, the feelings that you had in writing the story?
1: I would say probably two months because my cousin, Ibrahim, he wants to be a, he wants to have a career as an illustrator. Mm. So I decided that what about my cousin? He Uh could help me out and make it, it it seemed, it seemed like he can see my story through my eyes. Mm. It was, it, it, the artwork is amazing. It seemed like he was there.
0: Wonderful. Now is ibrahim, I noticed his name on the front of the of your of your book as the illustrator is he uh is he someone that is um a lot older than you are or is he still in school
1: oh he's still in school he's he's about he's oh he's probably in an um high school
0: incredible this is again very colorful book and and the story although again it it's based on a sad occurrence. Because you've got such fond memories of uh, how your grandfather impacted your life, even as, uh, as young as you are, 10 years of age, uh, and, and he impacted his, his community, uh, you have illustrated him in the story and also in the, uh, the sketches as a very happy guy. As it, would that be a good way to describe him, a very happy person?
1: Yes. He was very loving, caring. And if you if you would look at him for a little while, you would think, and see his actions, you would think, wow, that man is a very, very kind guy.
0: Well, it's a, a wonderful testimonial and uh, a wonderful honor that you have given your grandfather. And I'm sure that if he were here in person, he would uh, certainly be smiling ear to ear uh, this is uh, again a, a unique book in the fact that you are a 10-year-old author or an author of 10 years of age and yet there's some great depth in your story and it's not a, a you know a real brief read it's 38 pages which uh, it has uh, a lot of substance to it is there anybody or what, what do you want people to take away from your book
1: i i want people to take away hope because Hope, they people will hope that things will get better whenever they lose a loved one. My grandma says that memories rock.
0: Yeah, they do.
1: Memories mean so much to us and can never be taken away.
0: Beautifully said. Uh, Savannah, you've done a wonderful job, and you're a great communicator, I think, uh, when you're maybe 12 you'll have five or six books on the shelf i don't know you you uh, you you have great talent and thank you for sharing your story this is again a good story uh, not just for people who have lost a loved one but just a good way to to get a view of of another perspective of a young person as they have experienced a difficult time in their life the title again is rainbow tears of joy subtitled remembering the good times when we lose the the ones we love and my author who's joined me from uh, where was it again Alabama? Yes sir. Alabama. is Savannah Lynn Williams. Thank you Savannah for joining me. Do you know where my listeners can get a copy of your book?
1: Well, we can you can get it from authorhouse.com and they are 16.99.
0: 16.99. They also should be able to find it on Amazon. They can go to their local, local bookseller and request it by name, Rainbow Tears of Joy, and uh, should be able to obtain a copy there. Uh, Amazon is probably the easiest link. And I know we'll be hearing from you in the future. Thank you, Savannah, for joining me and, and sharing your story. Uh Savannah, a lot of my authors have fan pages on Facebook and uh, other media. Have you set up a uh, either a web page or a fan page yet?
1: Yes, I have. Um, I have a facebook page a twitter page and a instagram page
0: and how do they find you on uh, let's say facebook for example is it under the book title
1: Uh, it is under author savannah lynn williams
0: fabulous well i love the way you say that 10 years old and you've got a hold of the fact that you are an author and that's to be congratulated you've done a great job thank you again for joining me thank you my pleasure for author house and author talk this is j douglas barker Stay with us for more Christian Living That Counts, back in a moment. It's the Fitness Minute with fitness expert, Annette Hammond.
2: The National Heart, Lung, and Blood Institute defines high cholesterol as a condition in which you have too much cholesterol in your blood. By itself, the condition usually has no signs or symptoms. People who have high blood cholesterol have a greater chance of getting coronary artery disease. According to the American Heart Association, more than 120 million Americans over the age of 20 have cholesterol counts that are above a healthy level. Harvard Medical School says that the good news is that cholesterol levels can be controlled and just by lowering your total cholesterol 10%, you can decrease your heart attack risk by 20 to 30%. Making changes in your eating is important, but including daily exercise is a must. For the Fitness Minute, I'm Annette Hammond. Visit our Facebook fan page at Fitness Minute with Annette Hammond.
0: Returning with more of Christian living that counts. Greetings for Author Talk. This is Jay Douglas Barker. The book title is Launch Out. That's not Lunch Out. It's Launch Out, and joining me is author Frank Ovik. Welcome to the program, sir. Thanks a lot, Jay. It's a pleasure to visit with you. This book would fall under the general category of, uh, would you call it Christian media or Christian book or a devotional, or how would you describe it?
3: Uh, Let's see, probably uh, just a Christian book, but it's, uh, it's trying to get people to become Christians, and it's basically for anyone out there. Uh, it's for all ages. Anyone that has the use of reason that wants to get reasonable—that's what this book is designed to do. Is to catch the big fish, so to speak.
0: Sure. And how did you how did you begin your journey of becoming uh, fascinated, I- involved, fascinated by Scripture and in the writing of this book?
3: Well, what happened to me, Jay? Uh, when I was around 22, 23, I felt the visitation of the Lord asking me what I wanted in my life. Kind of like, you know, what do you want, Solomon, type of thing. And I thought about this, and I was getting into the Bible at them and said, Lord, I want to help people understand your word. And I felt that it was a pleasing request, and I let it go at that. About a year later, I was driving down the road in Willoughby, Ohio. It was Easter Sunday night, and suddenly a great light appeared before me toward the eastern sky. It was a beautiful shining light that I could not possibly describe how much glory it was. The appearance was that of a brightly burning bush. And I saw everything. And it wasn't just a flash, Jay. This thing was like there for about a minute. And I would look away and look back. And every time I looked away and looked back, I saw I described it as only one word, and that word was love. And I met the love of God through the personage of Jesus Christ that night. Angel of the Lord, whatever it was, it was beautiful. And since then, When I started getting into the Bible, I was able to understand what God was saying. And that's why this book came into fruition. It has nothing to do with what I think. It has everything to do with what I saw on Easter Sunday night, 1973.
0: Well, that's incredible. It must have made a great impression on you, obviously, or this book might not have been written. Also, it reminds me of a story in the New Testament of Paul or actually Saul at the time, and uh, there was a great light that changed his direction. Would that uh, be a similar encounter with you?
3: Absolutely. As a matter of fact, in the book of Ephesians, this is what Paul says. For this cause I, Paul, the prisoner of Jesus Christ, for you Gentiles, if you have heard of the dispensation of the grace of God which is given to me to your word, this is when he was dropped off his horse on the road to Damascus, how that by revelation he made known to me the mystery As I wrote to you in a few words earlier, whereby when you read, you may understand my knowledge in the mystery of Christ, which in other ages was not made known unto the sons of men, and is now revealed unto his holy apostles and prophets by the Spirit. Another rendition is that in Colossians. Paul was an apostle, which is basically a prophet that's sent. I am not sent, but I have to be a visionary of a a modern-day prophetic writer, because I saw the same thing that Paul saw. And it is a wonderful thing. And the mystery is in this book. And his other books. The first book I wrote has even greater mysteries. But the, it's these things that in this time, Jay, that God is fulfilling the word that Daniel the prophet said. He says, in the end days, knowledge will increase. And it's books like this, knowledge that God's putting out on purpose through visionaries like me or whoever, that he wants to get the word out so that when the day comes when he returns, there's going to be no excuse for anyone saying, well, I didn't know that. Yeah, you do, because it's right
0: here. Well, Frank, in addition to being an author, uh, are you also in what would be termed traditional ministry, or what is your uh, preoccupation or occupation?
3: Well, uh, I don't have any... Uh, let's say I'm not a member of any church because I look at myself as a member of the body of Christ but I go to a couple different churches here in North Columbus I love the people I got the small groups I got two small groups going into, and I just love communicating just let the spirit talk amongst us it's, it's, it's a great life to live in, and I enjoy it it just takes the burden off of everything when you start talking about the Lord everything else is immaterial. And that's, that's what pretty much what I do. And I, I am college educated. I went to Mount Vernon Bible College and, and my main studies is in Hebrew. I do a lot of Hebrew studies. And that's only because of the direction of the Lord in my particular life, and I'm I'm glad where I'm at.
0: Well, that's great. The title again is unusual. Launch launch out. Uh, That gives a a visual of uh, perhaps uh, fishing or maybe a boat. uh, You know, being being a fisherman or being in a boat. What is the title significance?
3: Well, the the reason that I put that title on the book. Is because when Jesus was talking to the disciples, after he was talking to the people, uh, they were on the shoreline. He says, launch out into the deep. And Peter's thinking to himself, well, we fished all night. We caught nothing. But nevertheless, launch out into the deep. When they launched out into the deep waters, they caught the big fish. And the big fish in the launch out into the deep is what this book is about. Now, this word deep is the same Hebrew word. I use Hebrew, not Greek. The same Hebrew word is found in 2 Corinthians, which is... uh, what is that, a 2, 14. Let's see where that, uh, yeah. Now, thanks be to God, which always causes the triumph in Christ and makes the manifest knowledge of the Savior of us in every place. And let's see here. And he, he fulfills us with the spirit of the knowledge of him. So what's, what we got here, Jay, is that the deep things is the same thing that's written here in Corinthians. And uh, that is the deep things, which are deep, prophetic things of god and the big fish would be the skeptics the people need to know a little bit more this doesn't make sense adam the first human being with all that and stuff like that that uh, is being straightened out in this particular book
0: Uh, you have 10 chapters and about 100 pages so the chapters are relatively short brief uh would this be categorized perhaps as a bible study is it inspirational thought is it devotional what's the best way to describe the writing style
3: it's inspirational. I mean, the, 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 the gist of the book is this. That there's only one thing that Jesus said that we must do, and that is we must be born again. Everybody has to be born. There's no other way of looking at that. And uh, that's what this book is pretty much showing is the, what it means. And how do you get to the concept of being born again? There's only two ways to go, Jay. We probably all know that. It's either life or death. There is no in-between. You can make a commitment to the life of God through being born again, or you, you don't. Then you end up into eternal death. It's, it's straight on, straightforward. Uh, it's plain truth. And this book is so short, you could read it in 40 minutes. It's easy. Half the book is references, just to show you where I'm coming from. But uh, it's, it's an easy, straightforward thing, and it, the flow of the motion of this was easy to write because I spent over 20 years of research getting into this, uh, this the end result of this book.
0: The style, would you consider it maybe conversational? Do you simplify some of the uh, well-known and well-used terminology that's found in church settings?
3: That's... Precisely, and that's why all the references are in there to show where I get my information at. I'm just not blurting something out. This is something that I've studied. You're absolutely right. And there's so many different connotations to Hebrew words, even Greek words. But uh, what is the way the Spirit is uh, putting this context in whatever the person's reading? And that's what I did. I just put it down with simple, easy terms.
0: And how long did it take, Frank, to complete this?
3: This particular book, I only took a, a no, maybe. Two months, three months. I was asked that question before, and I never really timed it. But I do know that the research took over over 20 years earlier. I mean, I was studying and studying and studying and studying. This is my second book. And so this just came in at the last moment. And it was easy to write because of the fact that I already knew the beginning from the end. I, I, all I had to do was fill in the blanks.
0: And besides the obvious uh, hope that you will inspire people to uh, get a better commitment if they have a spiritual inkling or have a desire, uh, what other things do you want to accomplish with this?
3: All I want to do is like initially when God asked me a long time ago, I just want to help people. I mean, there's only one thing that we need. We need the world needs Jesus. They need Jesus. They just that's all there is to it. There is no other way, Jay. And I talked to my son, and he said he agrees with me. He went through some bad times in his life. But I tell you what, we come to the conclusion there is no other way but Jesus. I don't care what your problem is. You must go to him because everything else will fail. He said himself in John 15, 5, I believe that is where it's at. Without me, you can do nothing. And with him, we can do all things. And I just want him to – I want to help them. And that's why this book is here. I have no intention of me being glorified. That's why I changed my name. You know, that's not even my – that's my pen name right there. But as you know. But uh, – I keep myself out of this and put God in it.
0: Excellent choice. This is, uh, again, a very brief read, 100 pages. Uh, I would think that maybe small groups or maybe a Bible study class might find the contents valuable in uh, in extending their, their teaching format. Is that also something you, you wanted to uh, achieve?
3: Yeah, it could well be. I mean, it depends on however God wants to use it. Uh, you know, whatever is best. I just want to reach people and... You know, And if it doesn't reach people, at least I put my part into it. I did. I stepped out of the boat. In this. So, so the rest of us up to God. I'm doing everything I can to get it out there, and I think God's going to do the blessing on it. By the way, not to change this too much, but uh, I was talking about uh, First or Second Corinthians earlier. It's actually First Corinthians. It's 2.10. But God has revealed them to us through the Spirit, which searches all things, including the deep things of God. And that's where I got the word deep and launch out into the deep together. So, just to clear that up, I was on the wrong page at the time.
0: Well, that's okay. I think, uh, think we can forgive you. That's uh, supposed to be part of our nature anyway. Uh, the title of the book, again, is Launch Out, my guest author, Frank Ovick. Frank, uh, you also mentioned you had a, a second book. Uh, why don't you share with my listeners the title of that and also where we can get a copy of Launch Out?
3: Okay, well, the Launch Out can be done that by Alterhouse. I mean, you just... Uh, there's a way to pick up Author House and go by my, uh, by my name, Frank Ovec, and the title of the book, and it's easy to grab onto. And uh, the, the first book I wrote is What You Want to Say, Jay? That was from a different publishing company. It's called This Gospel, The Foundation. Now, that's with Dorrance Publishing Company out of Pittsburgh. That's Dorrance Publishing Company. You can uh, Google that and get it from that thing uh, the same way. But the, anyway, the first book is basically The Foundation Of the vision the revelation that i had in 1973 and i saw everything the cosmos i met jesus that man he is all things and i was able to break down that vision which turns out to be uh the hebrew candlestick that is the bush that burns and there's a big mystery in the hebrew candlestick we can see the dates of creation in there the three heavens and one earth things that's a mystery what does that mean well i saw it and that book, the first book, is a good foundation. Now, the fine-tuning may be adjusted around a little bit because we're not perfect, but God assured me that the foundation of that book is correct. And science probably should look at that. There's a lot of deep things in the book that makes a heck of a lot of sense. And it has nothing to do with me, Jay. I guarantee you that. It has everything to do with what I saw on Easter Sunday night.
0: Well, thank you, Frank, for sharing your passion and uh, sharing the background story of this book, Launch Out. Uh, Again, listeners, you can obtain a copy of this through your local bookseller also by requesting it by name, Launch Out, and under the author's name, Frank Ovec. You also can do a search online and uh, discover other writings by Frank, and hopefully uh, we'll get to talk with you again when the next edition hits the bookstores. Thank you, Frank, for joining me today and sharing your story.
3: Well, thank you, Jay. Appreciate
0: it. My pleasure for Author House and Author Talk. This is Jay Douglas Barker. Stay with us for more Christian Living That Counts. Back in a moment.
2: It's words never heard. Believe it or not, there are times when even I can't think of the right word. The inability to think of a word is called lethologica. Texas Monthly Magazine recently came out with some colorful
4: homespun sayings. Old as dirt and common as cornbread in the Lone Star State.
2: Did you hear about the Texan that could strut sitting down? But he was all hat and no cattle, which means very boastful, but with nothing about which to boast. On top of that, he don't know a widget from a wangdoodle or a diddly squat his wife was a mighty strong woman. She'd charge hell with a bucket of ice water. She was always telling folks that he was so tight, he could squeeze a nickel till the buffalo screamed. She also said he was famous for calling the hogs all night or snoring. I'm Carolyn Davidson, and you can have fun challenging your words-you-never-heard vocabulary with my new app, Too Funny for Words.
0: Returning with more of Christian Living That Counts, Greetings for Author Talk. This is J. Douglas Barker. The title of the book is Sermonettes for a Sunday Morning. And joining me from New York State, near New York City in the United States, is Pastor Novella Harris, who is the author. Welcome, Pastor.
4: Thank you. Welcome to you as well.
0: This is a, an interesting book because I don't know if you've written other books, but this one is 328 pages. Uh, you have a, a list of accomplishments in education and uh, leadership all over the board. Something to be admired just on its own. And then you decided to be an author and, and share uh, these sermonettes. Uh, what is a sermonette and why did you write the book?
4: A uh, sermonette is a brief sermon. Um, I am a pastor. Uh, at Grace Cathedral, and about four years ago, approximately, I became suddenly very ill. I was bedridden. I had to have people help take care of me, uh, which was shocking because I'm, <laughs> as a young person, I was could get it considered maybe ADHD. I was all over the place. <laughs> so, right. So, to sudden lose my um, independence was uh, horrible, and so I couldn't preach. I couldn't. Teach. I couldn't do anything. I was actually in bed f- for a few years, and so wow. I decided to write sermons for the congregation every Sunday morning, and they were placed in the bulletin, and someone would read them for me. And um, I decided to when I saw that it was life was handing me what I considered at that point a sour lemon. I decided to make lemonade from it and write the sermonette.
0: Well, it's fabulous. Uh, again, there's about 96 in here, and I think any one of them uh, could be read by some non-inspired pastor who didn't have anything to say and uh, probably accomplish a great deal. Which of the sermonettes do you think uh, maybe comes uh, closest to being from your heart and um, maybe the one that stands out to you and may stand out to the reader?
4: Oh, right. There's so many. I think I relate to so many of them uh, in terms of what I was going through. One I can particularly relate to is a Moses breakdown. Mm. Even as a pastor, when you're going through uh, um, this series of illness and all the stages that I went through, and I could say I went through Elizabeth Kubler Ross's stages of grief.
0: Yes. Every time
4: I faced a new turn in the illness, I went through a depression. And I thought, you know, wow, as a pastor spiritually, uh, am I supposed to experience depression? Mm-hmm. And then I began to research Moses and Job and uh, Elijah, and every one of them went through that phase. And I was like, wow, this is not something new. And Christians should not feel ashamed if they feel that like they've come into a state of uh you know near I don't want to say depression because we don't like to say that because we know God is everything but we're human as well and we have human emotions and I experienced that and I think that is the most telling of my sermons at that point in my life
0: and, and as a pastor it, it would be very difficult to uh, to reach out and look for assistance also you mentioned you were bedridden i'm certain that that uh, brought some uh, some, some startling changes to you on an emotional level. But it also isolated you from, uh, people contact. You've always been a people person, obviously, as a teacher and instructor and, and several other accomplishments you've had, including, uh, being listed in the who's who of America and, and other areas. You, uh, were, uh, used to being around people. Did you feel isolated uh, over a long period? And, and if so, how did that, uh, how did that work itself out?
4: Wow. Yes. Yeah. I was isolated on a number of levels, because as a pastor, you don't want to admit to your congregation that, hey, I'm at a place now where I've taught people that, you know, God is a healer, He can lift you up, and Mm -hmm. now I'm in that position, so who do I call upon and uh, to um, understand where I'm at now? And I believe God took me there so that I could be more understanding of people who are in that position so I was very limited in my support group, and uh, all of my children were grown and out of the house, and, and my husband as a bishop was gone all of the time. I had to learn to totally really rely on God and and try to um, assist myself as best I could until I was able to make a breakthrough with a couple of the members of uh, the congregation who came to assist at some point. Uh, yeah, it was very difficult because you're, as a public person and a person who is... Uh, taught people on a certain level, and to find yourself now, I'm dependent, it was difficult to reach out for assistance. It was not pride, it was that, how do I now, one who has taught people that God can keep you up, I am down. I, I fought with that a lot.
0: There, there are a lot of people who have been in ministry. I am associated or have been uh, obser- observing many who have been in, in ministry. When they make an error or have a health crisis or something else, instead of it inspiring them or them getting through it, sometimes they go the other direction and just give up. You are obviously a fighter. This is a, this is a book that that uh, took some time to complete. How many years did it, or how many weeks was it before this book was uh, was in its entirety uh, as it is now today
4: well uh the sermons were not a problem because those are about half of my sermons that i've preached at that 95 i've got a, probably another 95 uh sermons that i haven't even touched uh-huh. but that's not the problem i think the problem for me was editing it for publication you know making sure you know with not any plagiarism and all of that sort of thing and you know the grammar and everything was intact for the publishers to publish and that took about maybe a month Hmm. a little more than a month there wasn't much tweaking to do um but just to make sure that there were no errors and everything was fine-tuned it took about a maybe a month
0: the inspiration behind it uh, obviously was to uh, tell your story indirectly but also to inspire others why why do you think uh, this will do so, and and who do you think is going to benefit most by reading your book?
4: What inspired me was to write it. Really, my husband, he said, you have all these sermons going around, you know, you ought to do something with it. And I said, you know, that's right. I think I'll try and put it into a book. You know, I have to give him a little credit for that. (laughs)
0: well, as as a husband and guy, uh, thank you for giving us some credit. <laughs>
4: <laughs> uh, he liked to hear that. Yes, he did, um, and he was very encouraging with it as well. Um, how would I? Um, well, the- I believe that today's men and women are are becoming more acutely aware that there's a, a thirst and a deep need for a new dimension of worship, and I learned a new dimension of worship. Through my illness, um, I became more uh, intimate with God because I had to. You couldn't really rely on people, and in the position as a pastor, you you really couldn't share a lot with uh, people because it, you didn't want to be considered a, you know weak or mm. yet. So I became more intimate with God, and that uh, a whole new sense of worship came into my life with the prayers and and as I began to p- put these that's uh, in print for the book, um,
0: I noticed some yeah. of the some of the some of the titles, the sermonettes titles or chapter titles uh, are, I would say, uh, you know, interesting just in themselves. Uh, sermonette number one is "Stuff Happens in the Garden." Uh, that's a, a, a catchy a, a catchy title. Uh, you have one called "Such and Such." Where did these uh, creative ideas for titles come from?
4: You know what I can say that. I could uh, maybe watch a play or read a book or hear someone speak, and a word will jump out at me. and I'm like, wow, I like that. I think I can write a <laughs> sermon from that, mm. you know? You know, I'll watch a t- television program, I'm like, wow, that's interesting. I can make a sermon out of that, and that, that's my focus, and then maybe things I experience and I'm going through at the time, and I'm like, oh, I've had enough of this. Enough of enough. Enough is enough. Mm. And reading about David and the such-and-such such, uh, came because so many people think that, um, you know, oh, I've got a car, I've got a house. But God said, I can give you that plus such-and-such, such, which is more than what you've even asked for. Beautiful. Hmm. And so those topics came from a variety of sources. Uh, experiences that I experienced. I,
0: I, I love. Listen, I, I'm yeah. sorry. I love. I love the title of uh, of number five, "Heavy Baggage: Surviving on Broken Pieces." That that just in itself brings out a whole wide range of ideas and thoughts and inspiration.
4: Yes, yes. Because I had to survive on broken pieces. Because when you find yourself ill, or even if. It, my circumstances with illness, but there are people who are in financial difficulties or relationship difficulties you 're broken, but you can survive you have to, you can take a piece of that brokenness and go forward and progress just on a piece of broken boards as Paul did in uh you know when he was when they were thrown over from the ship when the ship was sinking and everybody escaped to the island on broken pieces. You can make it. Even if you're broken, you can make it on the piece that you have left in your life.
0: Well, those are some inspiring thoughts right now. I guess I need to take up the offering. Um, Now, you have a a great book. This is inspiring. Do you think that uh, those who are not churchy will also find some benefit in reading the thoughts and, and the inspiring background of your story?
4: I I think yes, yes, because people are searching for answers. They're searching for uh, relief and relief from uh, the things that they're going through in life, and and just having maybe finances or whatever is not enough. And so they turn to alcohol, to drugs, to other things to get relief from the pressures of life. And I want my book to inspire them also that, God is your relief. God is your relief, and if you turn to Him and you begin to worship Him and and, and become intimate with Him in your relationship with Him, not so much with uh, other people or church, but an intimate personal relationship with God. That's what we need to develop. Uh, so many people think that just being in church is enough, and that isn't, and that maybe a uh, temporary relief from. Uh, drugs or alcohol or pills that can do it only temporarily but I know that once you become intimate with God once you get that worship and that uh, relationship with him that he brings all types of peace that surpass all understanding and you can cope you can manage and once you begin to cope he will give you the initiative and the ideas and the desires to move forward like I said on your broken peace and that we can realize that you're not out there alone God is there, and he will send someone that will support you. Trust me, he will, and understand where you are. Um, just as an afterthought, one of the things I did learn in our illness was that I was able to minister to caretakers, people who were taking care of uh, family members who were uh, terminally ill and the pressures that they were going through. I understood that when... Patient or person that's ill lashes out. It's not at you. It's at that circumstance. Mm. And because you're the one that's there and the closest, you may get the brunt of what they're feeling. And so, don't take it personally because they're appreciative, but they're frustrated. So I was able to minister to the caretaker as well as the patient. So I learned a lot in terms of that period of my life when I was writing the sermonettes and going through my illness. God taught me so many things that I can pass
0: on. Listeners, you can tell by her conversation there's a lot of inspiration behind what she says and certainly some uh, motivation in the style of her writing. The title of the book, again, is Sermonettes for a Sunday Morning. My author from New York State and New York City area is Pastor Novella Harris. Pastor Harris, where can my listeners get a copy of this?
4: My book is on Amazon. Uh, and it's Barnes and Noble, and they can get it from Author House, to publish it the publisher.
0: Author House. Very good. They can also, if they go to their local bookseller, they can request it by name. And uh, yes. pastors, teachers, other people involved in religious ministry, you may want to get a copy of this and uh, maybe um, use some of the notes to prepare for some of your speaking engagements. Pastor Harris, thank you for joining me today and sharing your story.
4: Thank you for having me.
0: Honored to visit with you for author talk. This is Jay Douglas Barker. Join us again for Christian Living that counts.